Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Groove Talk. These episodes are brought to you by all of the kind folks who donate to the show on a monthly basis using our Patreon page. If you would like to be one of those awesome individuals, please visit www.patreon.com slash froggystyle. That's frog, the letter E, underscore style. You will gain access to cool rewards based on how much you donate. Uh, you can donate as little as $1 per month, which is only $12 per year, um, or as much as $50 per month, which is way more than $12 per year. Um, if you do donate the minimum amount, which is $1 per month, you gain access to a bunch of cool bonus content. Um, we just released the first episode of the Big Think bonus series. Um, in that bonus series, basically what we do is we take certain ethics problems and we examine them and discuss them at length. Uh, each episode is about 20 minutes to half an hour long. Um, in the first episode, me and Brendan discuss the classic you know, trolley problem, and that is if you have a train that is barreling down the tracks towards five people who are stuck on the tracks... Um, you can pull a lever and divert the train, and that train will hit one person instead. So we discussed that problem at length and what, what you would do and the implications of that. And it's, it was a really fun time, and I highly recommend that you check it out. You will also gain access to the Tales from the Tabletop live sessions. And basically what that is, is it's just me and my friends playing D&D. <laughs> and... It's live recordings of those D&D sessions. Um, so if you're interested in that, I also recommend you check that out. It's really fun. I'm sure there's a lot of really funny content in there. If you are a tabletop fan at all, you know how ridiculous it can get. Also, you will gain access to all of the like bonus interviews that I do. Um, you'll gain early access to their releases. Um, I'm just about to put up my interview with C.C. Getty, and he is the organizer, or one of the organizers, for the 420 Music and Arts Festival here in Calgary, and that is taking place at Distortion April 19th, 20th, and 21st. So yeah, if you would like to support the show, please visit our Patreon page. It means a lot to me. If you are fans of the show, consider signing up for our email list. It'll keep you up to date with all of the podcasts, um, anything that's going on with the website, and you also automatically be entered into any draws that we do for prizes and stuff. We usually do one on about a monthly basis. Um, prizes include CDs, T-shirts, stickers, stuff like that. Um, so... Visit fsproductions.ca if you would like to sign up for the email list. It's literally the first thing you're going to see when you visit the website. Um, it's really easy. You just put your email in, hit sign up, and bam. It takes like maybe two minutes. But while you are at fsproductions.ca, check out some of the other cool stuff that we put up there. We also we have blog posts and articles and also, that's where all the podcasts get posted. So 
yeah fsproductions.ca check it out it would mean a lot to me it actually just means a lot to me that you are all listening so thank you on this episode of groove talk i am joined by matt barry matt barry is the music coordinator for x929 he also hosts the alt 20 countdown and he hosts exposure on sunday nights if you are a band in the city or if you have lived in calgary for a while now i'm sure you're familiar with x929 and you might be familiar with matt barry this was a really awesome conversation. It was probably one of my favorite episodes of Groove Talk to do. I got to go to the X Studios to meet with Matt, and we just sat down and had a really awesome conversation. I got to find out all about how like radio works, how songs get played on the radio. Yeah, it was really it was a really cool conversation. Um, I'm going to stop talking about it, and I'll just let you listen to it. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Matt Barry. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy your day. This is Groove Talk with Froggy Style. Welcome to another episode of Groove Talk, everybody. On this week's episode, I am joined by Matt Barry. Hi. And he is the music director and host of Exposure. Yep. And I also host the uh, Alt 20 Countdown. And so. the Alt 20 Countdown <laughs> at X929, which I'm sure doesn't need any introduction, but it might. Maybe somebody, some people are listening from different cities. But it's a local... If they are, we do have an X in Red Deer now. Oh, we just really? launched X 100.7 in Red Deer. Oh, wow. So Exposure runs there and the Alt 20 runs there. Oh, awesome. If you do have Red Deer fans. So. <laughs> it's possible. I think there's like maybe two, two people who listen from like Russia. So. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> this probably means nothing to them, but whatever. <laughs> um, so I guess, um, why don't you kind of tell us like what your job sort of entails? Uh, okay, so with the music director aspect of it, um, essentially I'm in charge of um, like scheduling all of the music that we have on the air. So when I took over this job, what we did was we actually changed up um, a bit of what we call the imaging on the station. It's the like the splitters, like the stuff that plays in between the music and and that kind of vibe of things. So I went off the air full time and became music director full time. And so a big part of my job is really just is crafting the playlist that we have. So we have, you know, like our massive selection of songs. And my job is to to essentially, you know, filter out what, what will sound good in the music mix, I guess, you know. Yeah. Um, so there's like the day-to-day operation, which is is going through every single hour of every single day and making sure that certain songs are playing where we need them to and 
um, this imaging that I was talking about, like we run stuff that's like cold over song intros and and things like that. So my job is kind of just making sure that ultimately the product of X99 sounds sounds good music wise. Um, and then another aspect of it is kind of like it's like the boring things, but extremely necessary is like we go over music logs. So we have to reconcile and make sure that like on the back end, after everything's played on the air, it's my job to go through and make sure that every song that says it played, played, every song that got dropped, like that didn't play due to time or whatever, like every hour we have our listener driven radio or X on demand that we call it, um, where, where one of those songs gets booted out. So my job is to just make sure that everything on our paper log matches everything that's on our computer. And a uh, big part of that is to make sure we have our CanCon, which is um, 40%. And almost every station in the country has 40%, unless they're an older station, which are usually about 35%. And then some of the, the specialty stations might have a little bit of a little bit different room, but for the most part, it's... 40 for most stations okay um ours is the least um so that's the important thing and so so that's kind of uh that's a a big chunk of the job that's really important as well that plays into our socan reporting which a lot of the bands listening know like they get money from that <laughs> like if, if they get their songs there's a lot of like grants you can apply for with like socan and factor and those sorts of things okay. and uh and so at the end of every month i send out a socan report which is why I have to make sure that everything that's on my computer says it played, played. Um, and then uh, that's like basically day-to-day kind of stuff. Yeah. Every week we do our music meeting, which is where I bring in a lot of the like new music that's either like it's, it's big ones that are like songs that are trending, things that are being brought in by labels, stuff that I found that's like, oh, this is, this is cool and I think this can fit the vibe of X929. And so what we do is we actually have um, like a group of, it's, it's six of us currently, uh, about to be seven, and we just listen to, to a bunch of the songs. So sometimes it's, sometimes there's five, you know, and sometimes there's, you know, sometimes we have close to like eight or ten. And although I try not to bring that many in because there's like literally hundreds of songs that are released <laughs> a week, you yeah. know? Yeah. So it's my job to go through like cut through all the things that have been released and find out like what's what's best for Brax 99 cuz a lot of songs where it's like yeah this is a good song but this doesn't fit with the radio station or um a lot of the songs like maybe aren't out this caliber yet to to be played on mainstream radio in a regular rotation kind of thing yeah um and so then what we do is we we kind of discuss we you know sometimes it if it's you know, down to it. Like, a lot of the times, it's pretty simple to figure out. It's like, cool, these are the, easily the best three songs we heard this week. And other times, some of us argue about, not like argue, (laughs) yell about it. (laughs) But we'll be like, you know, I actually think this song's stronger, um, and here's my reasons why. And someone else might, you know, you know, like, pitch their point as to why we should add another song or whatever. But uh, then those songs usually, for the most part, become our fresh cuts for the week. And then, and then we see all those sound on the air, and then the following week or two weeks later, um, then we'll we'll kind of debate at that point once again what will sound great being added to the radio station 
Because there's sometimes songs to be listened to that sound completely different in this room than they sound listening to your computer and then ultimately how they sound on the air. Yeah. Because there's some songs where it's kind of like you hear it in here and you're like, uh, I don't know if that's really for radio. And then you hear it on the air and you're like, never mind, like that sounds that sounds cool. You got that sounds really good. Cool. And uh, yeah, so that's a <laughs> that's a brief rundown of that job. And then exposure is its uh, own animal, where I uh, every week I curate a different playlist, which is normally based on bands that are playing, um, like in like in usually Calgary and Red Deer, um, and a lot of bands that are either releasing new music that week and ones that have uh, kind of some cool going on that week. And I try to stay as local as possible, but I still want to give some love to like the bands that are, there's a lot of bands that send me music from like the, from, you know, the East coast from Vancouver, like, cause Vancouver has a couple alt rock stations, but they don't, they don't have a thing like exposure there. And same thing with a lot of bands out of, um, that Toronto and stuff. So, I try to, like, normally if there's, like, a point where it's, like, oh, like, this show's going on, but I also have this band from, you know, Montreal that sent me music, that we usually get, like, punted for the local stuff as often as possible. Okay. Um, but ultimately, it's about still, like, curating a playlist. So, it's, like, well, what what is the best hour of music I can create that is, um, that is mostly new stuff ideally that is um interesting stories with the bands and ultimately like the mix of it being being good like because there's certain times where i get songs where it's like this is a hard rock song and a good chunk of the show this week is is kind of like indie folk rock and it's a lot of like synth pop or um you know kind of just things maybe they're a little more mellow where it's like so this hard rock act is gonna stand out like a sore thumb in the yeah. middle of <laughs> in the middle of all these other acts. Yeah. Um so so yeah, and then I just I I get bands to send me their music. Um bands can do that. Uh Matt at HarvardBroadcasting.com. They can email me their music. Um <laughs> uh, and we play um like I don't want to say like we play it's not like we play anything. Like if it fits under the alt umbrella. Yeah. Then, then odds are, you have a you have a good chance of of getting like a spin that week or getting your stuff showcased as as well. It needs to be you know produced. Yeah, because like, we get a lot of stuff where it's like you know this could be a really good song, but it's like but you recorded on your iPhone. Yeah, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> which isn't terrible recording. It's definitely advanced since since I've started the gig. Yeah, but <laughs> you get a lot of uh, you get a lot of songs where it's like it's like this. Like this sounds like it was in your mom's basement on the iPhone. Like we need a little bit of production value still because it is the radio, and there are a lot of bands who are, you know, vying to get onto that spot. That I've I've fourteen spots every week, give or take. Yeah. So it's like there's a lot of bands that are looking for that stuff, and there's a lot of bands that are playing gigs, a lot of bands that have new albums, and so we have to find the best sounding stuff as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's that in, <laughs> in a nutshell, I suppose. Awesome. So the the exposure is like one hundred percent you. Then you, there's no like outside intervention in that, or anything like that. And yeah, so I come up with the with the playlist every week. My boss hasn't really 
given me any any sort of flack about any of the bands. He's never said like, oh, well, you need to play more of this or less of this. Um, basically, the only thing that I've been told about it when I, when I took over the job a few years ago was that um, was that we want to um, put put more local or make local like like the forefront of it while still playing some of these smaller bands. And so the idea was that there was less um, kind of like rare acts from bigger bands, um, which would sometimes get played before. Um, And so it was just more so just making it uh, just more focused on, on the legitimate indie bands. And there's some that like, you know, are, I guess like, some people like have questioned it where they're like, well, that's not really indie. Um, like it's like, there's ones like current swell or like always, um, you know, the beaches are signed to like universal. But the idea is that it's like, well, these bands, um, for the most part, aren't getting mainstream radio play. Yeah. Um, a lot of them, not really through Canada and not really on X929. Like always are one of these acts that's like, they are this like perfect example of like, like a big exposure act because they're one of these ones that's like it's like yeah they're critically acclaimed and they always have like um, you know people praising them and being like wow this this band's amazing like everybody should be on top of it Rolling Stone writes about them and Pitchfork and yeah. NME and then it's like yeah they're a great band but they're not a they're not necessarily a radio band they're yeah. not a mainstream radio band um, and there's a lot of acts like that and so. Those are those are kind of what I aim for as well. Are some of these acts where it's like, it's something that you may be interested in, that that maybe you've never heard of. You know, like there's a lot of people who are super music nerds or whatever who are like, well, of course I've heard of this band. And you're like, yeah, but your average radio person, the person who's cruising around on a Sunday night, maybe hasn't heard of of these acts that that we don't play as often. Yeah. And so that could be your new favorite band. And particularly, I'd like that to happen with the local acts and say, like, this band's playing on Friday night. Go see them. Like, people always complain about bands not playing here in Calgary, but you have numerous bands playing every single night of the week. Something you can go check out. Um, But I've never never actually had my boss tell me, like, like, you know, like, what was that? Like, why are you playing this song? And there's been a couple times where I've played certain stuff where I'm like, ooh, like that's a little like that's pretty heavy or that's pretty pop. Like um I expect to like get a message and be like like what was that? <laughs> um and, and not in a good way of like the what was that? I was like, what is this? <laughs> um but but my boss, Christian, he's he's you know like he's very open to the, the idea that it's like this is what exposure is supposed to be. It's this hour that is a little bit off kilter. It's an hour that is um, you know where we are supporting these these bands that that don't necessarily either work on radio or aren't quite at that point where it's like it's like if we have you know ten spots to fill as new Canadian music it's like it it's it sucks like to always like tell bands that but it's like we got New July talk we got you know yeah. the Elwins Arkells you know Rural Bird Advantage Death from Above so it's like. When all of these bands are pumping out all this amazing music, it's like the songs they're putting out are good, but they're not—they're not at that 
point yet, and they're also not familiar enough. Yeah, which is which is difficult. And I hate having that discussion with bands because it's like you want to. It's like I won't, like the song is good. It's like, but it's not quite. It's not quite there yet. You know, yeah. it's like it's there's either like a hook or it is a production value as we talked about, or it's um, you know sometimes it's just like we get songs sometimes where it's like. Is this too indie? Like, is this like, you know, it's just like, it sounds like it's like, it's indie music. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that's what it is, you know? And, and it's not meant to be mainstream. And that's, that's also kind of the, the cachet of it. You know, that's what's cool about it is that it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's mainstream stuff, you know? Yeah, no, totally. And like, at the end of the day, like, a certain amount of your listeners, I'm sure, are going to want to hear those, you know, new hits from the big bands, right? Like, that's why they're listening to the radio and stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, I remember the first time that you guys played Current Swell, though, on the radio. <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they're awesome. Like, they're so good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I could see they're not like a radio band. <laughs> yeah. Like, they have a, they have this, like, appeal, but it's, it's like, there's certain songs where it's like, ah, oh, this... This could potentially work, but then they're almost in this list where it's like we have 10 spots to fill and they're number like 11 or 12, right? Yeah. Like you're just always like kind of kind of shy of that, um, which is unfortunate. It's kind of just, you know, just the way the the industry works. I mean, there's I, – I think uh, it's one of those things where it's like we want that – we want to give like those smaller bands across the board, not even like obviously Canadian. We want to we want to support the most, you know, because you know it's where we're from, the hometown yeah. bands and stuff. But there's even like some of the smaller international acts. We're like, this is this is like a cool song, but it doesn't have that like like that bigger appeal. You know, it's like we're not trying to like curate to everybody, but ultimately it's like. Radio is still a business, you know. Yeah, like yeah. we still need to find stuff that is, um, that is accessible. You know, we need to play stuff that is, is ultimately something that like every, ideally every person who's a fan of alt can kind of kind of get behind. You know, this may not be your favorite band, but you're like, well, this isn't, but this isn't yeah. <laughs> garbage kind of thing, right? So yeah, cool. Um, so how long have you ha- worked at the radio station then? Um, I've worked at X now for about, uh, almost nine and a half years, 10 years as of, as of December, oh, wow. um, of 2018. So I've been in radio self for almost 11, I guess, okay. in total. Yeah. So I've been here for a while. I'm, <laughs> I am one of the, I'm definitely the most senior person on air at the station. Um, and then I'm. I'm one of the. I w- I'm not an original. I wasn't one of the original hires, but I'm one of the oldest. Like, not, I'm not one of the oldest people here. I'm actually. I'm. I'm younger compared to a lot of the people, in one sense. But uh, but then there's like our bosses and stuff that have been here since the beginning, and then I kind of came in about a year and a bit after the launch. So. And is this the only radio station you've worked at? Or um, no, no, I. I worked at my practicum was at a station called Big Earl, which no longer exists. It's in Edmonton, um, or it was called Capital FM now, and it was like a like a country station. It was like a like an older country station, although it wasn't older. It was like but it played like it was like very just like like 
Like, you know, like, it's big girl. Like, that was, like, their whole thing. So it didn't last very long. Um, but my, my uh, job there was to clean up dog crap. So <laughs> I was, my literal first job in radio was cleaning up dog crap. And so they would, like, they had this promotion where it was, like, it's like, we'll do anything to, like, get you to listen to this radio station. Like, even clean up your, your dog crap from the backyard. So uh, I was hired on. My n- nickname was Skittles at the time because um, I had very colorful hair. I had, like, pink and blue hair at the time, which also doesn't fit the country format. <laughs> and, uh, and then my buddy Trevor we were both hired on. I can't remember what his nickname was at the time. But I remember, like, the morning show gave him something because he was, like, some kind of, like, morning show intern at the time. And, uh, and yeah, that was our first job. And then as soon as my practicum was done, I uh, messaged a station called that was The Bounce, 91.7 The Bounce, now KISS FM, um, in Edmonton as well. And so I messaged them about being a board operator, which is just like the person who's, you know, at the radio station when people are out on remotes or doing a live show or whatever. And so I started doing that and did like live Friday nights um, from like a club down the street. And then I would do like the Saturday night and I kept pestering my boss to do on air. I was like, "Can I, like, can I do a shift? Like after I'm after I'm done opping, like, can I do something like like do an overnight, like anything? I just wanted to like even just do it for free. Like I wasn't expecting you to get paid." Yeah. And uh, and so he ended up. Excuse me. Sorry. What ended up happening was he uh, he needed someone to work New Year's Eve, and what's funny is I would have if he had just asked me right away. I would have just done it, but I think he wanted to give me the night off, like because I worked every other, I worked every Friday and Saturday night. Yeah. So I think he wanted to give me the night off, like because it was New Year's Eve. Um, I've never asked him about that mentality actually, but <laughs> he, uh, I guess he tried to find like a bunch of different people, and of course everyone else was busy on New Year's Eve. So he he gives me a call. He's like, hey, like I wanted to wanted to talk to you, um, or maybe he came into the came into the room or whatever it was. But he's like, I want to talk to you. Um, it's like, are you able to work? Um, are you able to work New Year's Eve? He's like, if you're like, if you're able to, like, what I'd, what I'd uh, be open for is like, if you want to do that, and then you want to do, you want to do a live show afterwards. Um, after after like you do that, that uh, the New Year's Eve party or whatever it was, um, or maybe sorry, <laughs> it was. I'm trying to think if I did a night, uh, if I did a night where I. If I was live after the New Year's Eve party or if I got to do a live on air shift later. But regardless, it was because of that. Yeah. Because he was like, if you work this work the shift, like I'll I'll be open to letting you do like on air stuff and then we can give you like we'll give you air checks and then like if that sounds sounds good, like we'll we'll let you just kinda keep doing it. And he's like, and I'll also throw in threw in like a hundred bucks for like Hudson's or something like that. <laughs> so not only did I get paid like time and a half for the shift, yeah. but then I got like my goal of finally being on the air, and I got a hundred bucks at Hudson's. <laughs> nice. And uh, and this was at a time. This is before the drink rules came in. So like a hundred bucks at Hudson's on like industry night where they would have like it was like like just ridiculously cheap drinks so it's like you show up with like the hundred bucks and it's like it's a party for everybody (laughs) (laughs) which was great and then i got to be on air and uh and yeah so then i kept uh i just kept at that and then i uh what i started doing actually was um i worked at so when i first started the bounce i worked bending rebar as well and actually, I start, I've been bending rebar since I graduated, which is where I heard about my radio school. But uh, but then I quit that so I could focus on doing the overnights and stuff 
at work. So then what I'd do is like I'd work at Starbucks um, a couple of days during the week. And then I would also work at, at the bounce doing like the opting shifts and then doing overnights. So I would do um, midnight till 5 a.m. So I would do like the midnight request fest that we had on weeknights. So I'd do it from time to time. Like I'd usually do it from like – sometimes I do on like – I usually try to do like a Wednesday or like a like Wednesday or Thursday night because it's like – Monday and Tuesday, like, people aren't up that late, but yeah. Wednesday and Thursday was like the industry nights and things like that. So yeah. there's at least people up listening to the radio. And then I started doing it on weekends. So my shifts eventually became like the weekend especially was I would do a Friday night opping shift from 9 p.m. till 11 a.m. And then I'd be on the air from um, – or sorry, sorry. Um, it was from like 9 p.m. till 2 a.m. And then I'd be on the air from 2 a.m. till about like 5 or 6. And then I'd usually sleep at the station because then I had to op the next day in the morning from 9 a.m. till 2 p.m. And then I would work at Starbucks from 2 until until like 8 or whatever. And then I would go back and op from 9 p.m. till 1 a.m., sleep for two hours. (laughs) And then I'd be on the air from 3 a.m. till till 7 a.m. every weekend. Like I just started doing that as my (laughs) – that's my weekend thing, and then people just started to get to get to know me as like like oh you're that guy that's on at four o'clock in the morning when yeah. like no one else has anybody on the radio. So they'd call in, and and it was actually pretty fun. It was it was great because it was it was uh, it was like the after bar crowd yeah. would always listen to the to those shows, and uh, and yeah, and then I just applied for the job here. I've I actually sent. Uh, Christian Hall, an email. I've sent him, I applied for the job. I applied for gigs here, but I think three or four times. I think the fourth time um, that I did it was the time that I got the job. And what was funny is I came down here for my interview. It was a weird kind of timing for everything because actually the same day I sent in my demo for X for the job that I ended up getting was the same day that our um, evening announcer at the bounce was let go which would have opened up the late night position that I would have been qualified for. Okay. So it would have been like this shift that was like 10 p.m. till 2 a.m. So much better than the 2 a.m. till till 5 that I was doing on the weekends. Yeah. And uh, and so so it's like that kind of all happened at the same time. And when I came down to Calgary for my interview, so I, I interviewed in person, and it was the same day that I came down here for my interview. It was the same day that my boss was like, hey, like, how about you do the 10 p.m. shift tonight um, after the New Kids on the Block concert? <laughs> it's like, so so uh, you can do like 10 p.m. till 2 a.m. or whatever. I was like, okay, great. I remember coming back from here, like after the interview, it was just like, it's like, cool, like, I'll see you guys later. I'm going to do like a New Kids on the Block after party thing. Like, so <laughs> hopefully you hire me and like save me from, <laughs> from this. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so I went and did did that show that night, and uh, and it was fun, you know. Like it was top forty. Top top forty is uh, I think it can't like a lot of people think it's just like it's like oh we're just talking about this pop music and stuff. But I think if you have um, a brand that lets you be fun, then it is it is fun. You're not yeah. just you know you're not just saying like it's Justin Timberlake. I'm you know. I don't know. I won't say anything about the stations, but there's a lot of uh, critique of a top 40 format where it's very just like, let's just go, go, go. And people aren't allowed to showcase the personality. So we yeah. were at that station at the time. Um, but then I ended up getting the job here. And um, I took it because it was like a dream station to work at. As soon as I heard the station, we came down for a warp tour in like 2007, I think it was, the summer before I applied for this job. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, man, like I want to... I want to work at this station. Like that sounds, 
that sounds like such a cool, cool station. Yeah. And listened to them like online after I saw them, like, um, and like listened to it when we were down here in Calgary. So then, yeah, I streamed it all the time, and every like I'd always keep an eye out for the jobs. Whenever something opened up, I would apply for stuff, and and most of the jobs, I think there was, I think three jobs opened up. One was a Saturday night announcer, which they didn't end up hiring at all, and then another one was a was an evening announcer, which went. Uh, I believe that's when Greg B. Harrell got the job, um, which is you know phenomenal choice. <laughs> like, <laughs> obviously, I didn't get that. And, uh, and then there was another one that was the midday position, which I knew I wasn't qualified for at all. Um, and Carly Myers got that. And then shortly after, like a big shakeup happened with the lineup, and then they opened up a overnight and weekend positions. I'm like, yes, this is me. Finally, this is my shot. <laughs> and then I got hired, and <laughs> nice. I've been here since. So. <laughs> It's a long-winded way to get there. So, <laughs> so have you always like? Have you always wanted to do radio then? Or? Uh, no, no. My original idea of what I wanted to do was film. Like, okay. When I graduated, I wanted to do either like I like the idea of like directing, but I like the idea of like like working on like a like a screenplay or something along those lines, like something to do with film. And so my original plan when I graduated was to bend rebar. And I made, like, kind of a a rough plan of, like, um, like okay, like, well, if I make this a year and I put this much away, I can I can pay for school in two years outright or, or damn near kind of thing. Yeah. Because I was living with a buddy for cheap and we were making, like, pretty good money at the time. It was during the boom in Edmonton. So, um, so there was, like, some decent money to be made at the time. So I was like, okay, well, I'll work for two years and then I'll do this and... And then I was uh, one of the things. And it's funny because uh, Mark Michaels, who does uh, afternoons here now, um, he used to be on Virgin Radio as well. Um, we were talking about it. And we actually have like a similar, similar thing. Not to t- tell his story as well, but it was like we would always listen to. We would always listen to the radio in these in this warehouse. So when I was bending rebar, it's like all we do for like twelve hours a day is uh, in Edmonton. We would have it on the bear. Or we'd listen to uh, K97, or we'd listen to um, Sonic, and we just listen to these stations. Usually, it was the Bear. Like every guy in this, for the most part, would listen to to the Bear, and then during break, we'd talk about these things. And yeah, and that's kind of where I started thinking about. Um, it's like, oh, like like these guys are like funny, and like you know, you, you are allowed to be opinionated on the radio, and you can, um, you know, it just seems like such a fun job. And I heard this ad for this for the school and it was just like are you tired of like this like this job that's like you know this dead-end job that you hate or whatever it's like do i be creative and fun i was like yeah i do i do want that uh, not that the bending rebar was terrible but it was like you don't want to be one of those guys like i know some of the guys that were working there were they're like oh yeah i expected to work here for two years and then it's like and now look at me i'm 50 yeah. or even some of the guys that were older than me who were probably you know they were i'd say like they were 25 and i'm 17 and they did the same thing where they stopped after – they started working there after high school with the intention of just working there for a little bit, making some money. But then they – like one of the guys had like a – had a house now and another guy had like a really nice car. And they they have all this money where it's like, well, if you quit this job, you can't have that that yeah. house and that nice car anymore if you're going back to school. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to be that guy because <laughs> like this isn't my dream job, you know? Yeah. Um. So I was just like, eh, you know, I'll just let's see what this radio thing is all about. And then as soon as I started doing it, I just I just fell in love with it. Yeah. I just always like once I started doing it, listening to it more, 
Uh, my goal actually was to do, uh, well, still is, is to do um, like programming. Like I want to program a station. Um, but a uh, goal of mine for a long time has been to do music director. So okay, so I got that now. Yeah, so. <laughs> especially here at Axes, which is huge. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was the original original intention. <laughs> Neat. I like. I kind of actually stumbled into podcasting in a similar way. Like, yeah. You know, I work a job and I can listen to podcasts all day. Right. And then I, you know, I do that and I'm like, oh, wow, like, you know, it's cool. You can just sit down and you have a conversation with somebody and you record that and awesome. And then I was like, oh, wow, I have all this gear. So, like, why not just start my own podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not do it, man? Yeah, like, yeah. There's so many people out there who are making, I mean, I guess, like, like, not necessarily making money, but there's people who it's like their job. They decided one day they're like. I'm just going to – I'm going to podcast. Like, yeah. That's going to be my gig, you know? Like, there's yeah. people who make that money or that, and, like, that's their job or that's, like – even if it's not, like, your sole source of income, there's these people who it's, like, that's just – that's what they do now. They're yeah. YouTubers. And you're, like, man, why did I – like, <laughs> you're almost, like, at that – we're in this weird – how old are you? Uh, 27. Okay. So I'm 29 and I feel we're in this sort of age where it's like, we were in that weird cusp where it's like, it's like you decided like a little bit later where it's like, oh, I could do podcasting. Whereas like my nephew now is growing up and he's like, it's like, well, what do you want to do when you grow up? I don't know. I want to be a podcaster, a YouTube (laughs) star. And you're like, that wasn't even like in high school. You never thought like, oh, I'm going to. I'm going to YouTube for a living. Yeah, like. exactly. <laughs> it was, like, so, such a new thing at that point. Yeah. And it still is really new. But yeah. it's, like... It's, I don't think people have quite tapped what, what the potential is for it uh, creatively and, and uh, like, financially. You know, yeah. I think there's a lot more ways that a lot more people can kind of tap into the value of YouTube and podcasting especially, I think, has, like, a big, like... Have like a big boom, like yeah. and people are worried about it, or they say that about radio. Where they're like, "Are you worried that like podcasting gonna take you over?" It's like, no, it's a completely different yeah <laughs> elements, you know. Like, yeah, no, exactly. It's its own separate thing. So and like the thing is, is most people still at least listen to the radio in their car because mm-hmm. it still comes in every single car for a reason, you know. Yeah, like yeah, you still get an app, and you still get like it's still local. Yeah. Ultimately, it's still. Um, it's still a connection with people as opposed to, um, you know, uh, like a Spotify playlist or anything like that, which like there's value in the, in the playlists and people streaming and all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I think radio like just has like, there's just this personal connection I think you have with like personalities and just with the idea that it's like, this is, this is my city's radio station. You know, this yeah. is my station. People feel I feel at least like, and I guess research shows, um, you know, people have this like this personal connection with a radio station as opposed to like no one listens to a Spotify playlist and goes like, yeah, that's my blog 50, you know, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like unless it's your blog, unless you created those songs, like no one has that mentality, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's the reason I still listen to the radio. Like I have all the opportunities in my car to not listen to the radio, you know, I have a yeah. cord and all that and. But I still enjoy listening to the radio in the morning because it gives you all that, it gives you that feel, that connection, you know, maybe you'll laugh in the morning because of the hosts or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, it gives you that personal connection. 
and you're going to hear some sweet music as well. So Yeah. <laughs> New like, shit that maybe you wouldn't listen to on your own as well. So. Yeah. And then maybe wouldn't necessarily, I guess, be discovered in your, in your play. Like, just because it's that same mentality where it's like, like I said, like there's hundreds of songs that get released a day. And now all of them are on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. So, I mean, what I love about what we do here, I think in, in radio in general, is that I think like ultimately it's like, yeah, you can have like your favorite Spotify playlist. But like how often do you listen to the song? It's like, oh, every single one of these is my favorite song like yeah. of, of, a, of a random playlist like that. Whereas I think the beauty of radio and – and like what we do, like I guess, like let's say at X for alt fans, it's like it's like yeah, you might have these other bands like you're like that you're into or that like that is your favorite band or that you think we should play or whatever. But ultimately, it's like this is still a still a curated playlist of all of the best songs spanning the last like thirty years of of alt music. Yeah, you know, and there's some stuff that maybe you're not crazy about, but if you listen to if you listen to the station, odds are you like ninety percent of what we play yeah you know and that's and a lot of those songs are like yes like whether it's older like the nirvanas and like pearl jams or like you love the killers or you know the new stuff like amy shark or whatever um it's like that you know the playlist is curated for for this fan base you know like i'm you know i'm a 29 year old like i'm you know i'm within that demographic of of these alt fans who are like love like hearing the old stuff but are always always wanting to discover something new yeah and our listeners are very are very open i find to like they'll let us know like if we're playing something and they don't like it they are very open to being like nah i don't want that (laughs) but we don't have this thing where it's like people will play something that people don't like and then they're like undone with this station forever it's like people are like yeah it wasn't a wasn't a big fan of that uh my uh christian uh he he always has like which is like it's like a meal you know where it's like oh like you have like a you know like here's this like shit sandwich and you're like hmm, i didn't particularly like that um but i will i will take a gander at what you have on on the rest of your menu um and i enjoy everything else you have just this just this particular uh, shit sandwich I, I wasn't a fan of. But, you know, I'll come in tomorrow and perhaps you'll have a new special of the day. And it might be another shit sandwich or it might be, you know, it might be my next favorite meal. Yeah. You know? So that's the beauty of, I think, what we do here especially is that you always have these, you know, this opportunity to discover your new favorite band. You yeah, know? for sure. The amount of people that I've heard, you know... It's like, oh, where did you hear from this band? Oh, they played it on X929, and then I went and I looked them up, and they're actually their entire album is really good. And you yeah, know, the amount of people that tell you that is just like it's unreal. Yeah, it's why radio still exists. Yeah, you know, like people think like they said television was going to kill radio, and they said you know <laughs> like a serious satellite, and they said podcast, and all these things. It's like no, because radio is a different. It's its own thing. It's its, its own, own animal. You know. But. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> so um, how do, like, some of those older songs then make it on the rotation? So part of it is is the idea that um, it's based on, I guess, like, in our, in our rotation of things, we have a gold category is what it's called. Um, and a lot of that is where those songs that are 
that are I mean we have ones that like span from from the Nirvana to the you know Killers and Modest Mouse and then there's like some newer stuff in there or like newish stuff like Kaleo that's in there and uh, and like let's say Modest Mouse Lampshades on Fire is in there as well as like Float On and Dashboard yeah and so a lot of the older songs are kind of kind of existent within the playlist partly because like ultimately like Smells Like Teen Spirit and Creep and um. You know, like, uh, you know, like, just, I guess, like, a lot of the stuff from, like, the the 90s, like, those songs are, like, those are great songs. Yeah. Still exist because, like, ultimately that's, like, Smells Like Teen Spirit is still, like, you know, it's still be, I'm sure it's still charting somewhere, you know? Yeah. Like, there's still, <laughs> there's still people who are buying it and there's still these new generations that are, like, oh, I've never heard this song before, you know? Yeah. Um, so these songs still exist in the playlist because we are... Ultimately, like we're uh, we're an alternative station and we are modern rock, but it's this idea of of still like you know you you can still honor the past, but like we don't have to be like tied down by it. But you have these songs that are just ultimately just just great songs. You know, they're they're timeless. You know, like they're they're these songs that's like you know even if alt kind of gets like. Like a lot of people find that alt's getting like that's getting poppier or that it's getting um, too folk rocky or whatever, um, but it's like ultimately those great songs are still great songs. You know, if Smells Like Teen Spirit, nineteen seventy nine from Smashing Pumpkins, um, were released today, it's like those would like if Nirvana came out now, people would be like, "That's the return of rock." Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. You know? um, it might have a different vibe. You know, it's kind of hard to tell like when you have those bands that come out, but. Ultimately, it's like those songs are are still good, which is why they still survive in the playlist. Um, but what's interesting is that um, it's like you almost have this this like transition, I guess. Like, is and we talk about this all the time whenever we get people who who talk about like where alt is now, because we used to have, you know, back back in the eighties, it's like it was a lot of like Joy Division and The Cure and acts like that that were. Um, you know, in REM, where it's these bands where it's like that's what alt was in like the late '80s, and it was very, you know, it was like this like like pretty soft, like kind of like completely different than what than what grunge was. Yeah. And so you have this like cycle where it's like, you know, we had this like kind of um, I don't know the the best way to describe it, but you know, it's kind of like that synth '80s, you know, progressive rock or whatever you want to call those bands. And then, like, grunge came, and, like, and grunge was, like, it was, like, the return of, you know, these, like, hard-hitting bands, and yeah. and there was a lot of, um, you know, just, like, loud guitars, and, like, some of these songs that are longer that are, like, um, or, sorry, not longer, sorry, these shorter, um, like, punchier kind of, like, like, punk songs in a sense, right? So it's, like, then you had grunge, you need Green Day come back, and, like, that's what alt became. So then we had this point in the 90s um, and like I guess really like the core of the 90s was very grunge and very punk rock yeah. and there was even like the new metal phases and all these <laughs> sorts of things and then um, like around the 2000s you know it's like you had like the bands like the Killers started coming out and you had the Strokes and you had um, you know like kind of then like the, the mid 2000s you had these bands that were it's like now when you look at it it's like well a lot of the bands now seem like they were influenced almost by those earlier 2000s bands because it's like well we had some of that 
So that stuff that was kind of like a little electronic again and a little bit like, you know, like Franz Ferdinand Take Me Out is like, it's like, it's a dance track essentially, but yeah. with like, but with guitars. Yeah. And so I think everything's just kind of evolved from that. It's just gone cyclical back to like that same vibe almost of the 80s where it's like, well, alt can be poppier and it can be softer and it can be weird. You know, there's mm. some stuff that's like, like really off kilter that you'll hear stuff and you're like, there's some stuff that's out there. You're like, no, that's like, <laughs> that's not alternative. Like that is a dance track. Like you're trying to pitch it as alternative, but it's not. But then there's some stuff that you hear and you're like, like, yeah, there's something here. Like there's something within that, that sort of vibe and, and it just can, continues to like, just like evolve in a different way. Like we had even like, you know, the Mumford and Sons phase, you know, where it's like yeah. Mumford and Sons came out and then it was like, it was like you had Lumineers and you had Monsters and Men and you had all these other sorts of acts that were this like folk rock kind of stuff and and people just ate it up. Yeah. And so now you have, once again, those bands that are like, you know, these guys who like heard the first Mumford album who were, you know, are now now creating bands and they're like, well, I love that record. Like, so I want to continue doing this, you know? Because, yeah, yeah. like, people don't seem to like guitars as much right now, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, I hate to say it. We hate to say it at a rock station, but we'll have these songs. There's very few outside of the older, timeless ones. There's times where we have a song here. We're like, oh, that's really good. I can guarantee you that our, <laughs> like, the core fan base isn't going to like it because it's too loud, you know? Yeah. It's too, or it just, and and no longer sounds good on the air because it's so aggressive yeah. compared to everything else. And you have a few that, like, Black Pistol Fire is, like, a new one that's, like, a rock song, or, like, Royal Blood seems to do pretty well, but it's, but it's still, like, it's pretty, like, a lot of it's still pretty polarizing, like... One of my favorite comments, though, is because we do our music advisory panel. Yeah. And one of my favorite comments was someone was like, because we had a question at the end, and we say, like, well, what are, like, what are the favorite songs that we're playing right now? Or is there something that maybe we should be playing that's, uh, that you're really into? And so I read through these comments, and some of the acts, like, I'll, I'll check out, like, because some people, it's funny, they'll, they'll suggest, like, really old songs. Like, I guess not really old, but it'll be ones where it's like, that's from, like, 2008. It's like, yeah. why are like, you guys need to play this? Like, no one's heard of this band. Like this, like you. It's like a perfect example of it's like this is your all-time favorite song, yeah. but like it's not. It's not like the mainstream radio stuff, you know. Yeah. Um. But one of my favorite comments was someone who was like, "Oh, my two favorite bands right now are Amy Shark and Royal Blood. Like these are literally the the polar opposites of new music on the station right now, where you love like this." soft romantic song called Adore and then this other song that's like heavy like just like just bass guitar dri- or like it's based in drum driven track where you're like man like I want to meet you like you're like can we get you as the core fan base because like you'll like everything on the station you yeah, know? yeah I think that like now more than ever people have like way more of like an eclectic music taste you know you ha- you can have those people who like you know, they like metal and they like really heavy metal, but then they'll also like, you know, pop punk or whatever it is or stuff that plays on X92.9 or yeah. electronic music even. And I find now more than ever, people are like, you know what? Anything 
but I like, or sorry, anything but country music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that should be its own genre, anything but country music. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, there's so many people that will trash on country, and it's it's interesting because country is its own its own beast of a of radio and musicians and and how they do everything is is incredible but they yeah. you're right it is so like if people hear like a bit of twang like nah nah yeah. not for me like <laughs> you know start singing about your truck and i don't i don't want it you know like, yeah yeah and there I, are some artists though that like um it's interesting because they are like they're country artists but they're not the typical country artists yeah um where it's like you hear it and you're like great this is just a well-written song which ultimately country music is or was supposed to be, I guess, before I got like sort of the stereotype of, <laughs> of uh, you know, being about like your truck and your dog and your you know wife le- leaving you. Um, but there's like it's like ultimately it was just like these just songs that told a story in yeah. a sense, you know, like it's like you sang about your life, <laughs> and then it became this like cliche <laughs> kind of thing where yeah. that's what you're singing about people are like I don't want it, yeah. I don't want any of that. <laughs> At least it's hard for people, you know in cities maybe because they're singing about stuff that you just like can't even relate to anymore like, yeah, like i've never sat on a tractor yeah you know <laughs> i don't have a pickup truck so i don't know what you what you're expecting me to relate to yeah um so maybe for like you know going back to exposure like what what's some advice that you could maybe give to local bands that you know, who are, you know, trying to get on to exposure, like what's some advice you could give to them that would maybe up their chances? Um, well, I think one would be to, to, uh, when you email me your stuff is like, give me everything, like send, like, like send the email, introduce who you are. And, uh, if you have like upcoming gigs or a new album and then send a link to what you have and not a Spotify link or an iTunes music link, <laughs> send me a link to like you know, SoundCloud or Bandcamp. Um, and in general, I guess while we're talking about these things is a band who is currently recording music should have at least one song on Bandcamp or SoundCloud or something accessible by everyone because that's ultimately where promoters are looking for you or if I'm looking for you for a show or if someone wants to discover your band, you need to give them music to listen to. Yeah. Because there's people who are like, yeah, you can send this as a Spotify link, but I don't have Spotify. So I'm not going to listen to that song because I'm not going to download Spotify to listen to the song so that you can have a fraction of an eighth of a penny. You yeah. know? Because like, <laughs> bands aren't making – they're not making music – they're not making money on – on their music the same way anymore. So it's yeah. like you don't need to be worried about about someone hearing your song for free on Bandcamp because mm-hmm. the people who are supporting you will either buy the record online or they will buy it at a show or ultimately they're going to come to that show and spend the 10 or 15 bucks to come see you. Yeah. So have stuff accessible for everyone online music-wise. Um, and then um, going back to what we talked about before is making sure that it's – it's uh it's produced and that it's um uh that's at least clean like that's not full of swears like if you're sending me something that is littered with f bombs or something that is um you know if you're sending me something where it's like where it's like this like you're sending me a song that's like a heavy metal song it's like you need to like 
still send myself within the wheelhouse of alternative. Yeah. It's it's kind of that idea where it's like it's like if you're listening to something, you're like, oh yeah, like we're a pretty aggressive punk rock band. It's like, well, <laughs> like that's not really something we we play. Like there's a there's a thing of being like the indie and not mainstream and being something where it's like this isn't even like yeah. <laughs> no radio stations playing this because they they can't like no one wants to hear someone shouting at them about the government for two and a half minutes you know yeah. um, which once again goes to the you know in the nineties people will love that <laughs> now not so much um, and then would also be I guess with these songs is um, is kind of having it like. If your ultimate if your ultimate goal is like it's like we want to be something a little bit different and off kilter, and uh, and something that that is like weird and you want to have these eight minute songs and stuff, it's like well that's fine. But then it's like but you can't really expect that to also be radio friendly. Yeah. So it's like if that's your kind of thing, that you want to be avant garde and you want to um, you know like do like these noise rock kind of bands that are um, you know playing these like really long songs that are just things that are like like you just experience the music, you know, for like eight minutes. It's like, that's great. But like, but we can't play that on the radio. So if your ultimate goal is to, is radio play, like as a, as a band, because a lot of bands are like, we don't want radio play. Yeah. Um, or we don't want that type of success or not, not to say it's, you're only successful if you get on the radio, but like there's bands where it's like, we don't want, we don't want to be a mainstream act. And then there's other ones where like, we're trying to like yeah. make this happen. So what can we do? So this is for those people. Is uh, the songs is like is like um, is like make sure it's kind of like it's something within like a you know like a three minute mark kind of song because um, people's attention spans once again aren't aren't all there. Yeah. And if uh, if you're sending certain songs, like really think about what those what those tracks are that like, if you're aiming to be on radio, it's like, well, what's the hook in this song? Or what's the, um, like, what's the accessibility of this track? And like, if you have a, if you have five songs, like really listen to the guy, listen to the songs and get the feedback from your friends even. Um, and, and decide like, well, if I'm going to go to radio with this, like what's, what's the single as, as, uh, as you would have on your record, you know, what is that one that's like, this is, gets people going live. It gets like, everyone says this is like their favorite song on this record. Cause it's like, that's your shot. Like if you're going to be sending this out, cause there's some bands who've been doing this for a while and they want to send stuff out to like radio trackers and they want to send stuff out to, um, you know, like promoters to get on shows. It's like, it's like, well, sometimes you only have that one shot to make that first impression. Yeah. Um, so ultimately with not on that five track EP there, there is a song that's, um, you know, stronger than the others, I, I'm sure. So it's like that's the song that you need to push forward with with all everything that you're doing promotion-wise yeah. as opposed to just sending a record and being like, yeah, like listen to any of this. It's like, no, 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 like give me – showcase your work. Showcase like track number three, you know. This song is – I feel is our strongest track, you know, and, yeah. and that's what you got to kind of pitch. Um, and then – I guess like and yeah and get on exposures um, is like I said is is actually like it's not extremely difficult just as long as you're touring actively or you have like a album um, or not even touring I guess but playing local shows even um, is is just sending that out and letting me know you know add me on Facebook and and 
invite me to the things. Like I can't go to every show, but the invite will let me know that it exists so I can can look ahead. Because part of what I do with exposure is like when I'm programming the week, I look at like my invite list and look at like, oh, well, what bands have sent out – um, their shows, like which ones are promoting these shows and who else is on the bill. Like it's like set up those Facebook events and then, you know, invite everybody. Yeah, <laughs> you know, let them yeah. let them know it exists. Promote yourselves. Yeah, for sure. Like even looking at like who I'm gonna contact to maybe have on the podcast, it's, I do a similar thing, you know. I look yeah. and like see what bands are playing shows. Is anybody releasing new music? Like do you look at their social media pages a lot just to see if they're active or um sometimes yeah well actually no sorry not sometimes i guess a lot of times like there's certain ones where it's like there's certain acts that i i see more often than others where it's like oh you guys are i i know what's up with you because yeah. either i have your band on facebook already or i have members of your band and so i'm i'm aware of what they kind of have in store but then there's some bands yeah well i'll either try and find them and i can't find them on facebook <laughs> So either the band, like the name's too obscure, that like, or or almost on the opposite end where it's like it's too common, where it's like the band's named Love, and you're like, well, how am I supposed to find that? Like, yeah. um, So, so I try to find it. Um, One of my biggest pet peeves, though, outside of a band not having any sort of music online or having any sort of um, social media presence, is. is when it's like you have a page but it hasn't been updated in like three years. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? It's like at least give me something. Yeah. Give people something out there, especially when they have like a lot of fans. And you're like, well, you clearly gained these fans a while ago, and then you just stopped, stopped updating yeah. your Facebook. Where it's like it's not difficult to like put up what's going on with the show or take pictures in the studio or. Yeah. Um, or put the songs on YouTube and put the YouTube plays up or anything like that. You know, like I think, I think the fans that get excited are the ones who, who like you're doing that Facebook page for. And then also when you have like promoters and stuff, I know some bands have emailed me or they've, um, they've even sent out stuff like to fans or like to their friend groups, I guess. And they're like, are you guys able to like go like our band page? Cause a lot of promoters will sometimes look and be like, Oh, well, how many, how many fans do you have as a as a thing? I'm not sure how many promoters actually do that. I'm not a promoter. I've just yeah. heard from and maybe it's maybe it's just a thing for likes on Facebook. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but they'll say, like, can you at least go like the band page? Um because then it it just like it showcases that you have that many more fans, and then when you are posting stuff online, you have that many more people that will see it. Mm-hmm. And if someone doesn't want to follow your band page or likes it and then doesn't want to get updates, they'll you can unfollow. Yeah. You know, you can either unfollow or you can block it or you can hide the feed or you can do all sorts of things. So I think it's like the band, the band Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, I think are all very important nowadays that so many bands don't utilize. And it shouldn't just be about um, necessarily promoting just when you have a show. Yeah. Some bands will only do it when they have a show every three months. And it's like, that's great, but it's like, but then you did nothing for three, like, you posted nothing for me as a fan in three months. So in that time, it's like, share a song, like, kind of make an update or some, I know a lot of pages where it's like, it's usually like, you know, like the the lead singer or whatever, um, who who just like, almost treats the, like, uh, J- Japanese Girls is a perfect band that, that I'm thinking of. Uh, so Charlie will run, like, the facebook and twitter and stuff as if it's like his own personal account which like it is like he's 
he's the guy behind that band. So when he's posting these things where he's like, damn, like, did you guys check out like the Oscars? Did you guys see like hear this new Frank Ocean track or whatever? And it's like, yeah, it's not necessarily within that wheelhouse of like of that band, but it's like it's just something interactive. Yeah. You're getting someone involved in something that's ultimately on your mind anyways. Like you're going to be posting that on on your personal Facebook, so why not make that um, a priority with your band? Even yeah. if it, even if you think it doesn't relate to people, if they don't like it, then they'll go somewhere else. Or they'll un, or like I said, like they'll unfollow yeah. you. But ultimately, your fans are like, "Cool, oh yeah, like we did see that. Like I saw this band win, you know, best original score or whatever." Yeah. And I feel people who are engaged on social media will will then be engaged a little bit more. With your band, yeah. you know? The big bands do it too, you know? There's so many acts that do it. So, like, just because you're not the Lumineers doesn't mean that you can't, like, you should be hustling more. You should be yeah, hustling yeah, more exactly. than these bands. You should be posting this stuff more. You need to get your name out there more, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And, like, even with Instagram now, if you just want to use one, you use Instagram, you can connect it to your Facebook and your Twitter. And if you're just even posting pictures, it, like... At least lets people know that you're, I don't know, that you care about them maybe even or like. Yeah. It's... Yeah. And engage. Yeah. Engage with other people's accounts as well. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. Put up stuff. Like if people comment, if people message you, message them back or someone comments on like, I love this song or whatever. Be like, cool. Like, we'll play it live for you next time. You know, <laughs> there's just so many little things you can do to, uh, to just engage a little bit more. Yeah. You know, you're a brand. Ultimately, yeah, you know? yeah exactly. You're not a band, you're a brand now, and it's it's wildly important that you that you own that. You know, like it's not necessarily where the biggest bands on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram are going to become, you know, the biggest bands out there. But it's like you're at least creating a fan base and a core fan base mm-hmm. um, that ultimately, like the guys, uh, uh, Twenty One Pilots, um, like they had like the best best kind of. I'm not quoting them exactly, but the idea that they had, they're like, well, we wanted to create this kind of like grassroots kind of movement with our band and create this core fan base. And then if we got radio success, great, but we're not going to be radio success forever. Mm -hmm. So ultimately when, you know, it's like if we come out with this next album, it's, you know, maybe it's, it's not for radio. um, We still have that fan base that loves this band for who they are. Yeah. um, And not just, just the couple of hits, you know? So they want to create this fan base that will essentially always be there, ideally always be there or grow with the band. Um, and it's and it's all based on a lot of just how they interact with fans, you know? It's how they do a bunch of stuff online that just makes people feel like part of the community. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. Like anytime any band answers a comment or something you definitely get a little excited you know (laughs) (laughs) i always hope when i tag a band in like on twitter or instagram or something like i hope they i hope they at least like this i hope they retweet it or whatever you know i hope that there's some acknowledgement especially when it's a bigger act like if it's like and but and i'm at and this is from someone who like who like you know interacts with like some some bigger bands so then imagine that like that like 17 year old kid who it's like you know um you know like we'll we'll call them out here the northern coast is like their favorite band um and it's like so so like you know the guys from northern coast are like cool like we like we can't uh can't wait to like play this song for you at the show it's like these people are like 
this is amazing. Because <laughs> yeah. like, the Northern Coast, like their favorite band, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's so it's like for a lot of these people, like I know a ton of people who are like that, who are like they look at um they look at these like these like local acts as like as like these superstar rock star celebrities and they're like that is so cool like he oh he sang to me like this like <laughs> they look like these kids i guess like i guess i shouldn't say 17 year old i guess most most bands play the bars so i guess 18 19 <laughs> so you can actually see them live um but you know they're like wow like they they sang to me or like i caught his pick like that was so cool yeah. and it's like these people like to these kids who go out to these shows it's like you know, you're you're Mick Jagger. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> you're the you're the fans. Like the, these, like uh, like these are the fans that like you guys have. So you need to treat them as such. You yeah. know, yeah, definitely. <laughs> How, do you do you ever get like starstruck at all when you meet bands now? Or um, no, I've never. I get like I think it's when we do like if we do like an interview or something. Like if we're doing an interview, I get. I get like nervous and it's um I wouldn't say it's like it's not like a star shark where it's like oh my god like, I can't believe this like you're talking to me <laughs> but it's like it's part of this I guess like this um this idea where it's like there, there's part of it where it's like oh wow like I can't like I can't believe like you're talking to me like you can't believe like we get to sit down and we get to like like just chat. Like I got to, I did, like I'm a big Blink One Two fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to interview Mark and Tom like at X Fest a couple of years ago, and um, you know that was just like it was like it was nerve wracking in a sense. Well, a lot of you <laughs> know in a sense, like a lot of it was all encompassingly uh, nerve wracking because it's like man, like I don't want to make an idiot out of myself. Like <laughs> and and also you have this mentality where it's like well, I don't want these guys to be. Like, what if they're dicks? You know, like, what if they were, like, like, what if I meet them and they were just, like, they're, and they're, like, arrogant. Think they're better than me or, like, think they're, like, too cool for school because I was just, like, well, then why are you, why are you even here? Like, why did you agree to this interview? Um, but they weren't. They were, they were awesome. And, like, when we just, um, and we just chatted, you know, and it was, uh, it was great. Like, I got to, this is when, like, before, like, the, I think it was, like, just after Neighborhoods came out. And so, like, we got to, like, chat about the new album and chat about, like, the reunion. And it was – and it was great. And it was, like, all things that I wanted to know. And it was both so nerve-wracking because, like, this is, like, my – like, it was, like, my favorite band, you know? Like, I can't uh, – like, it was, like, well, who would you – like, on, like, a list of people, it's, like, well, who would you want to chat with? It's, like, it's like well, they would be up there, you know? Like, they would be, like, that band. Yeah. Um, so I get like I get nervous when I have to interview them because it's like I don't want to I don't want to partly uh, sound stupid asking a question and I also don't want them to be I don't want them to be dicks or sound like they are um, like where it's just like after you leave and you're like huh. <laughs> not really. <laughs> I'm not really a fan of them anymore. You know, like I never yeah. want that out of an interview. Um, there was one band. I won't say who they are. I want to call them out. <laughs> but there was a bigger band that like I loved, and uh, and we did this interview, and it was part of it was like I guess I was nervous. Like the whole setup was kind of weird. But then it was like I was asking these questions that felt like they were like it's like I, I had these questions that I thought were really good, and that I thought were like 
they're a little bit away from like generic type of questions. And then like I worded it wrong, and he and like one of the guys that kind of like 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 called me out on it, like as if I was like an idiot. Yeah. But it was like it was like it's one of those things where it's like you know what I meant. So like why are you trying to like like why are you treating as if like what I asked you was completely stupid when you're kind of I feel you should be aware of what generally what I'm asking. Yeah. And then it was like there was things where it's like they were kind of like just stiff arming a lot of the questions that I was asking. So then it was like then it kept me from asking these other ones that I like that I really wanted to ask. <laughs> but I was like I would hate to like ask you this question that I feel is like a little bit like more personal to me and then have you stiff arm it because I'm just like I don't care enough about I don't care enough about you to like to have you ruin the rest of this for me (laughs) you know like I love the band so it's like I don't want I don't want it to be even more ruined for me so it's just like great See the guys tonight, and uh, and we'll end this now before I hate myself even more by the end of it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's not really Star Trek. It's uh, it's 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 the never wanting to meet your heroes. Yeah. You know? I was just about to say it's kind of like the you never want to meet your heroes type thing. Yeah. <laughs> What's more rewarding, I find, is the opposite is when people tell you if you get told that someone's like a dick, and then they're not, and they're super nice and they're super open. And that's that I appreciate more with someone who, or maybe someone who you expect who I think might be a little bit more closed off and then aren't. Yeah. It's like that's that's way more rewarding where you're expecting like, oh, like I got to like we have a thing in the in I feel well, like we have it like in the industry. I I find um, is that some there's certain acts sometimes where you're like you have to prep two interviews. You have to prep one where it's like. If you're going to be closed off, these are my <laughs> generic got to kind of ask these questions. And then there's the like, here's the interview I really want to do yeah. type questions. <laughs> um, and thankfully, I've never really, I've never really gotten a whole lot of the the stiff arm ones outside of there's been like there's been a couple where it's just kind of like like why are you even here? Yeah. Um, but Josh Homme was the best one that I did where a lot of people told me they're like, oh yeah, like he's like he's kind of a dick. Like yeah, like watch out for it. Um, and then I met him and he was like, he was so nice. He was like, the, he was, he was like so open on questions and he invited people in like, so they're like, what we did for takeovers is we let, we usually let 10 people in the studio and he was talking about, I forget the band. We was talking about one of these bands and he was, he was playing music like off his phone and he was like, Oh, like I, I don't have this act. Um, he's like, I thought I had them on my, on my iTunes, but I don't. And then one of the girls outside had this, like, entire band's discography on her phone. It was, like, her favorite band, too. And she's, like, banging on the window. She's, like, I have it. I have it. <laughs> and he's, like, oh, like, he's, like, he's, like, can we bring her in to, like, play it? I was, like, yeah, like, why not? So he brings her in. And then he's, like, why are all these other people outside listening to it? I'm, like, oh, well, because we only have, like, we're only, we only allow 10 people in. And he's, like, oh, he's, like, like, are they allowed in? I was, like. If you want him to come in, like bring him in. So then everybody from outside crowded into the studio. And it was great. And he was like, um, the only times like he wasn't even like a dick. It was like it was funny. I I get it if like maybe you don't have like a thick skin and you thought like he was being mean to you, but like I remember I was asking a question and I think like I stumbled on something and uh and uh and then he said he's like, 
well, that last guy, like some listener asked a question. He's like, well, that last guy asked this question way better than you did. He's like, you're fired, Matt Barry. He's like, get out of here. He's like, you take over. And it's like, and I just laughed about it. Whereas like someone might have thought like, oh, like Josh is, Josh is firing me. I yeah. guess I'll leave. <laughs> kind of thing, right? Um, yeah, it's more of a sense that they just like don't get his sense of humor. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or maybe they might meet. I could see how he might come off that way to some people. But I think it just depends on on your mood it depends on how you take the sense of humor and i i guess ultimately how he is but i think when he's around all these all these fans it's like it's it's all just like you're on i think you know it's just he wouldn't have invited all these people in to be a dick to people you know like he wouldn't wouldn't be like yeah everybody come in and then i'm gonna and then i'm gonna not answer any questions you know (laughs) why would you do that yeah um and then he gave people tickets to the show at the end of it like he stuck around his, his like promo team was like like we gotta go like we have sound check at like 4 30 or whatever and he's like well hold on he took pictures with every single person who who wanted pictures and then he was like um if you don't have tickets to the show write your name down on this list and uh and they'll send it over to us and we'll we'll make sure you're going to the show tonight oh wow so like you know 20 people who didn't have tickets got tickets that night wow. and it was awesome it was so nice of him yeah. like, it was great like, it was <laughs> it was like like i didn't expect any of it it was just so fun you know yeah. So I guess then like he obviously realizes that like the reason you are making music, the reason you are successful is because of the fans. Yeah. Like <laughs> And I think there's there's I think most bands get it, but there are some that uh sometimes you're just like But this is the person <laughs> yeah. buying your music, like seeing you at the show. Like I've never I've never understood ego in in an industry of like I understand you know, I guess ultimately I guess ego in the sense of like it's like you gotta. I think with some of these artists, uh, you like you gotta, you gotta think you're the shit to you know to be the shit, right? But you don't have to. There's a difference between being on stage, and being like, you know, I'm a I'm a rock star. I'm out here to perform. I gotta have this this confidence, a little bit of cockiness, and and that's part of just like what makes like these rock stars rock stars. But then there's like this other part where it's like, but that doesn't mean you you have to be a dick to people. You know, that doesn't mean like because everyone knows who you are, you don't have to not learn their name. You know, like yeah, um, like so I hate when I hear stories about that. That when you hear about these people, where you're just like, who are you? Especially when it's a nobody, like when someone who has like one hit, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, and they're like, and they're dicks, and you're like, like. No one's gonna care who you are in three months, yeah. you know. Like, exactly. so why, like, why do you have to be like this? <laughs> Especially like, if you treat the people who do care about you now like shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's another band who I won't call out, but they had like one. They had one. I think they had one like legitimate hit, and then like another song that we kind of played afterwards. And they came in for an interview, and they were just, they were just, they were just not nice people. And it was that same mentality where it's like they were like they were young and had like this, this big hit song and they like I think they just like they thought like they were like cooler than everybody and it's like none of us have time for that like I don't have any time for any type of <laughs> ego like that it's like I wish I I wish I knew that I guess maybe when I was younger so then it's like so I could have that mentality where it's like if you don't want to be here like just go yeah you know like. Like you're not helping, you're not helping either of us by sticking around here when you don't want to be here to do an interview. You know, yeah, yeah. it's just gonna look bad on you. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just like this isn't fun for anybody. Like, yeah. just, just leave. You know, like, yeah, definitely. Um, I just want to. It's six thirty now. So, oh, okay. <laughs> this is gone. Right. Sorry. 
I talk quite a bit. Who no, knew? No, no, like I'm, I'm down to keep going. There if, if you are, but if you have yeah. something to do, like, um, no, I don't really have anything to go on. Actually, <laughs> I'll have to leave eventually. I suppose I do but. have a couple more questions. Yeah, definitely. But, um, so, it's, since you have been in the radio industry so long, like you said, about ten years, um, how have you seen like kind of the music industry change? I guess. Well, when I started, it was still very much. Um, like we were kind of in this weird point of I think where the music industry didn't quite know how to deal with the online stuff yet. So they didn't know, you know, there was like there was still like LimeWire, you know, like yeah. uh like was like LimeWire was kind of like phasing out I guess at that time and there was there was kind of this like I remember there was like this gap in between of of like there was like not embracing the internet while other bands were like trying to, you know, like Radiohead was doing like they're like in rainbows, like selling selling the album for whatever you want to pay kind of thing. Yeah. And there was this like this thing where it's like a lot of bands weren't on weren't on Facebook and and uh and Twitter and all those sorts of things. Like they had MySpace, but at that time MySpace was like when I when I started radio, I think MySpace was on its way out. Yeah. And then there were still bands who were hanging on to that and it's like, but there's so many other other elements in which you're you're using. And so there was still this kind of like weird kind of point of how bands marketed themselves. And now it's and now it's like the the bigger acts are all over the place. Like, you know, the bands are promoting themselves as as we were talking about telling local bands to do even is like is be on every platform and a lot of those bands are are doing that. Now there's a lot more of that um there's a lot more of the the embracing of the it's like let's put our music out there and let's like you know people like bands can still sell albums or put their albums on Spotify and stuff but they'll put out a lot of these songs like before the album even comes out. There's a lot of like promotion before the album's released of these albums and then there's a lot of times where bands will put it out, out online for free or you can you can have so much more access to the music and now everything's promoted as the live show you know um tickets are a little bit more expensive than they used to be mm-hmm. um and a lot of like i think thought is put into how these bands are sounding on stage and how their stage presence is and there's a lot of bands out there where it's like it's like even if you're not a huge fan of their music their live show is something you should shell out the money to go see because yeah. they're that good and i think we're kind of coming into a little bit more of that um where bands are just it's like well let's make this a performance you know let's let's make this a show that everybody wants to go see because ultimately that's how bands are making the money now and on the opposite end is is merch, which has always been important for bands. But there's a lot of bands who are like, it's like well, let's make something cool, <laughs> you know, or something yeah. a little bit like, I don't want to say gimmicky because that's the wrong word, but it's like Twenty One Pilots is an- another example. Um, I use them because I feel they're so they're so tapped into like like the Gen Z, like they are they excel like the like red toques and you like when they played X Fest, <laughs> you see all like the like you know Twenty One Pilots fans is like having all these all these like red toques and they have like the like makeup all over themselves. Yeah. And uh, I saw 21 pilots play in Seattle as well. And it was the same thing. Like you could tell who like these major fans were because they, 
they dressed like the band did. And, and like, just, like, live performance-wise, there was, like, a ton of people at that show who were, like, I wasn't really stoked on that music. But once I saw them live, it's, like, I'll never, I'll never miss them again. And just how they present themselves on stage and how they present themselves in interviews and photo ops and everything is so tapped into Gen Z, um, which is, is, uh, is remarkable that they're able to to do that in this generation that is is ever changing you know yeah. where you, you think like oh like i know what the kids are into this is <laughs> what it is you're like not you're three months too late yeah um so i guess promotion wise and everything is is that and how bands i guess how, how everything is accessed is is a lot of internet based now um which i think is funny because we still get like um we got this band send us a demo or not a demo i guess it was like a single on a cd of a song that we've been playing for weeks. It was like, why did you waste the money? Like, and it's not on the band. It's not like the band's personally sending out, but it's like the label or whatever. Yeah. It's like, why did you spend the money on the envelope, the stamp, the CD to put a single song on the CD <laughs> to send it to a radio station that clearly already has the song. Like, yeah. We've heard it. Like, you're late. <laughs> you're late on it. So it's just kind of like, there's still this funny um, disconnect between what band like i guess i don't want to say bands like i I say bands in the sense of i guess like a lot of the local bands the indie bands who are promoting themselves yeah um there's like this weird thing where there's like some bands that are and some labels that are very into the digital digital format everything's you know promoting everything online facebook twitter instagram all that kind of stuff and then there's certain ones where it's like we get this it's like i don't even have anything that can play a cd anymore <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let alone like what am i supposed to do with this <laughs> like when when it's just the single that i already have that was sent to us through our like our radio service <laughs> you know like we have like a a service that's called dmds um that uh, the bands like submit stuff to and labels submit their songs to, so it's just like we have it. Like, so why did you do this? So it's like this weird kind of thing where it's like they'll get it, like, they'll get it eventually. But we're still kind of there's still some people that are still caught in the old ways. Where like this is just how we've always done it. We've always sent out the single to radio um, through a CD. Um, so so on a promotion aspect is that and then I guess musically in the last uh since I've been doing radio and particularly since I've been at X um how I found that the music industry's changed is is a lot of um is what we kind of talked about before with like the direction like X itself has evolved so much in the last 10 years and it's not even um X I think every brand of radio for the most part or I guess like you know obviously like I'm sure countries evolved in certain ways, but like a lot of country, country's country, you know, and um, you know your soft ACs, you're still your soft ACs, you know, they play uh, play the soft rock, you know, play in the office spaces, but like um, you know with like um, the evolutions of like the X's and like even like your your Virgin radios and stuff, it's like there were certain songs that were very. Um, you know, it's like top forty is gone from like when I worked at top forty. Um, where it's like I worked there when like Lady Gaga was breaking, Katy Perry broke, Rihanna broke. It's like that was a huge time, and uh, and, they, and they were like all bangers. They were like this like fun, upbeat, like party jams that were all coming out. And now Top 40s evolved um, almost in a similar sense um, that uh, alt rock has, where it's like a lot of Top 40 is very um, it's softer. Mm. It's a lot more ballads, a lot more. Um, 
you know, stuff where it's just like, this is down tempo. Yeah. It's very um, just chill. Like a lot of top 40 songs and like they're kind of embracing a bit of hip hop. And even those songs that were kind of like, oh, this is just, it's not like I'm going to get up and like and grind on the dance floor. This is, you know, it's romantic. I'm going to let, you know, Drake serenade me and <laughs> the weekend, you know, it's like there's still like some upbeat parts to it, but it's very mellow compared to a decade ago. Yeah. And it's the same thing with, with alt rock where it's like when X launched in 2007, it's like we launched with like killing in the name of and played a lot of tool and, uh, and Pearl jam and Nirvana and, uh, you know, and rise against was like, you know, these big acts that were on the station that were, you know, very punk and very, um, nineties influenced. And, and then like that kind of weaned out a bit and, X was still like this new rock station. Like, and we were called like Calgary's new rock alternative for, for quite a few years. But then what started happening was all was changing. And ultimately, you know, we have to change with it. Like we can't be a new rock station, but still just play rage and tool and, and Nirvana and not play, you know, the Mumford and Sons and Vance joys of the world, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, with our format, it started it started changing where like then you started these people are like this you guys call yourself new rock alternative this isn't rock you know and <laughs> and it kind of came to this this head where you know our our like our management team was like you're you're right like we aren't we're we're not like just a straight up like well like ultimately I still find that we're a rock station I think we're ultimately alternative is still. Um, you know, it's like we call ourselves like Calgary's alternative. A lot of stations will be branded as modern rock. Um, and I think it's like at the end of the day, we're still a we're still a rock station. You know, we still like the the idea of bands with guitars and stuff. You know, there's still yeah. like a lot of White Stripes and Queens and Foo Fighters and and uh, those types of bands have a presence on the station. Um, but then it was just like it was like you know what we are we're not new anymore and we're not a straight up rock station anymore. Um, but we are still an alternative. And ultimately what happened with like kind of our our branding change to Calgary's alternative was just em- was just embracing that change. And a lot of stations did it around the same time, um, where they kind of kind of went from like, well, we're not like we're not heavier anymore and we're not like this like in your face as much type of station. It's like alt has has changed pretty pretty drastically, even in the like from the 2007 to like, you know, 2000, like 10, 2012, and all those sorts of even when you look at the bands that came out, yeah, um, it all changed, and so, um, so then it was just kind of like changing that branding. So then it was like, well, Calgary's alternative is now like we are like an alternative to, to like the you know like CJ is still ultimately our main competition. Like they're a, they're a, they're an active rock station. They play, they play a lot of like the biggest rock songs. Um, throughout history, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's like, well, we're still the alternative to, to like what, like the harder rock that CJ is now playing. We're the alternative to pops. Now we play like, we play like what would be dubbed as like alt pop, yeah. you know, and stuff that would be, um, you know, like alternative folk music and alternative, um, even alternative dance music in a sense. Like there was a point, um, now, well, there was a point like a while ago where there was like. It was like Big Data was really big, and there was like there was this band called like C two C. They were like this kind of like electronic kind of thing, and that was like a pretty pretty prominent in the station as well. Um, 
and now it almost seems like that kind of like trance dancey stuff is is trending very much in the states like i find the u.s is like there's a lot of songs we look at like what's trending a lot of it's like it's almost dance driven yeah um and so ultimately we just we just had to change up the just how we we branded ourselves and since then like it's it's like everyone else has kind of gotten on board and there's some people where it's like they're kind of you know i don't really like the the state of you know alt music right now um and it's like that's that's fair but it's but if you're aged out of that it's like it's unfortunately not for you anymore in a sense right like it's it's ultimately it's like well yeah if you're not into um you know like amy shark and mount joy and you're not into you know nathaniel weightlift and the night sweats it's like well that's that's where alt music is right now and if you're looking for stuff to be like heavier and more in your face like you gotta you gotta find something else unfortunately yeah and it's uh it, it sucks like in a sense because it's like it's like we don't you don't ever want to lose a listener. You don't ever want to lose someone who is like, I loved you guys when you launched and now I'm not a fan anymore. But you also it's like but that was eleven years ago. Yeah. You know, that was that's a long time. And yeah. it's and it's one of those things where it's like even if you look at a person, like if I met someone from high school who I'm like, You haven't changed a bit yeah. since high school, <laughs> then that's depressing, isn't yeah, it? That's like just sad. Exactly. you're the same guy as you were in high school. Like, yeah. like if someone told that to me, I'd be like, I'd have to take a real hard look at my yeah. life. And think like, Jesus Christ, like really? Like <laughs> I knew who I was in high school. I like to think I'm I'm quite a bit different. Yeah. Um so you know, it's just you just evolve and it changes and sometimes, you know, it doesn't change for um it doesn't change for everybody, yeah. you know, or it doesn't get, I guess it doesn't get better for everybody, but, um, alternative rock, um, at this point in time is, is like the strongest it's been in, in years. It's the strongest it's been in, in the existence of this radio station, which has, uh, which is showcased, um, across the U S. Um, I don't know if you follow radio in the U S a lot. Um, I do cause I'm a nerd for radio, mm-hmm. but there's, uh, so many stations that have, they're, like alt stations are popping up in like every single market for the first time in six years. New York has an alt rock station. Oh wow! And they hadn't had one before. Yeah. And uh, L.A. has two rock stations. They're alt rock stations. And um, and there's a lot of stations that are that are going like that are going alternative because the format's so strong right now. And I think it's back to what you said, where everybody has this vast taste in music now, where it's like you can tap into this uh what used to be a niche market like when we launched in 2007 it's like we're, we're a niche station like we're here for these for these dudes who grew up with nirvana and rage against the machine it was like even it was like it was like my boss's demographic yeah. you know he was like well i'm launching the station for guys like me and now um like like he's he was almost at that point where it's like it's like well i can't like he'll say it all the time he's like why well, I, I need to take off my like old man glasses and like <laughs> you know and really like, yeah. like oh well i can't like it's like yeah i really want to love you know the new prophets of rage but it's like ultimately it's like it's not rage against the machine no matter how much you want it to be right yeah and uh and so you almost need to come to this realization where it's like well this is and that's why like christian hall is so brilliant like because he's he's the guy who curated like this entire station and everybody on the air and like um, you know, like the music and everything that we're we're doing, um, it's because he's he's on top of that. He's he's aware of the trends of what's happening in music, and 
Um, and even like having that foresight where he's like, I don't like it, <laughs> but the kids will, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not a fan of this, but then it's like, but then you have like myself and like Angela and Graham who are in the meeting where it's like, you know, we're, we're between the ages of, you know, like 25 and, and 30. And, uh, it's like, well, that's, that's the demographic now. Like that's yeah. us. And it's almost like, it's like, well, I don't know. Like, I think that's, I think that's cool. You know, I think that's a, I think that's a really, really wicked song. I get it. It's like. Well, okay. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. You know. Yeah. <laughs> see what happens. Cool. Um, so I just kind of want to close out with this question. But are there any like maybe local bands from Calgary that are you're like really particularly into? Um, there's quite a few. Um, I have a difficult time. I guess like, um, it's like. Because it's like I don't have time to like literally sit down and always like digest albums as a whole. Yeah. But it's like there's always bands that like come out with like some songs and like bands that uh, I feel are, um, you know, I, I feel like trying to like make a make a go of things. Um, one of them would be the Northern Coast, which is why I called them out earlier um, <laughs> to get on their social media more. Uh, but Northern Coast is one that I'm I'm a fan of. Um, I think uh, I think they, there's like some some potential there for them to to really grow as a band. Um Nationally Hundred are really good. Um the Era Looms now they're called Era. Um but they're awesome. I think like, their songs are are always so good and um and like they're one of those bands I feel are they're they're good at like seemingly like marketing themselves like online and promoting the shows and like new albums and stuff like that. Yeah. Um and uh, there's like Napalm Pom I'm a big fan of um who else? Um I'm trying to think there's like so many. I'm just like yeah. trying to like think of like <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to miss anybody and I don't want to um you know, I don't wanna like I don't wanna feel like I'm like leaving someone out. Um I mean like the the biggest act to come out of Calgary like JJ Shiplet. Um he's been doing really well for himself. Um Although he's like dubbed into like country, he's still like you know he's still a rocker at heart, <laughs> and uh, I think like big big things will happen for him, um, which I guess is easy to say now that he's like you know already getting like really a lot of success. But I believed him from the beginning, so it's fine. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know, like the gals of all hands on Jane are really wicked. Um, uh, Laura Hickley is really good. And uh, Fake James is awesome. He's got this kind of like I was like I was saying on the air whenever I play him is like this very like Alt J kind of vibe I feel. Um, and uh, I feel like I don't want to like leave the the ladies out either. Um, Misha and the Spanks obviously are like ones that we we've been backers of since the beginning. Um, and then I guess there's like the. Uh, I guess they wouldn't be, you know, they wouldn't be, they're, they're Calgary acts, but they're, they are growing, but I'm a big fan of, like, I've heard some of Michael Bernard Fitzgerald's new stuff, really excited for that, and, uh, and Ruben in the Dark, who are no longer local acts, but they, uh, they're based at Toronto, and same with Fast Romantics, there are these bands that are, um, it's just like, it's like, cool, you need like that. You see, it's like you almost need every, just everybody else in the country to like get on board, and then these people will go, will go forward as well. I think because they have like that's that's uh, 
that stature um, with their songs and it's like cool like keep writing and, and keep doing that you know awesome so I hope I didn't forget any I'm sure I forgot like tons of bands <laughs> a, good, a lot of really stellar acts but those are the ones uh, top of mind um, that I can think of that I'm that I'm uh, I'm a huge fan of awesome uh, so are there any kind of just final things that you want to say or um, I guess like for uh, I guess for like local bands um, for like what they're doing because there's a lot of bands I know like that always talk to me about um, it's like well how do you how do you get on radio or how do you do these things for for uh, for like getting like that that sort of like next step because um, actually have um, I have a buddy who's actually working on a documentary which is about exactly this where it's called between a rock and a hard place. And it's about how these bands go from like, it's like, well, how do you go from this like kind of moderate success, um, even if you get like some radio play, it's like, well, how do you become that big act? You know, like, how yeah. do you, how do you go from like being played on Exposure in Calgary to becoming, you know, the Arkells kind of thing? Um, and I think for a lot of bands, um, you know, it's it's continuously working on your music, continuously um, write collaborate with other people um get like the whole band involved like in the in the music making process and and if like and, and this is for like bands who it's like well radio is your goal is to uh is to really think about like well what's what is like what is kind of popular right now and where are the trends going because we get some acts where it's like it's like you know this would have been a great song but it's but like that would have been a great song. Like if the song came out in the '90s, that yeah. would have been huge. You know, where it's just like it's too dated. So it's almost like just like if you're looking to like really make a go of like like legitimate like radio success is to uh, is to really take a hard look at like what your band is doing on on every every aspect of it. Like, are these songs great songs? Are you a great live band? Um, are you promoting yourself in in a way that's like everybody should be knowing who you are? You know, everybody should be like seeing your things on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, either fan sharing it or you new music or um, you know what you're putting out there as a as an act. Yeah, and so it's always just continue continuously work on what you're doing and don't have any like I guess like never have too much like ego in a sense of it's like well like my band's awesome this song's awesome and you can't (laughs) and you don't know what you're talking about it's like i don't want to say i'm always right like i'm not always right with like with a lot of these acts but it's like i can ultimately tell you like you can send me a song it's like well is this ready for radio yet no it's a good song and here's what you can work on and here's some like things of it but i'm not a producer i'm not, you know i'm not a i'm not a i'm not a musician like i don't create that kind of stuff but it's like i can tell you the bands who have who have success there's no like legitimate such thing as an overnight success a lot of the bands who you think like wow we heard about these guys out of the blue most of the time those acts have been making music for you know for a decade yeah. you know like um most recent example that i can think of like an over like uh, one that kind of came out of nowhere was like ex-ambassadors made renegades. Yeah. Um, people were like, "Wow, look where these guys come from!" But they were like, they were hustling in in New York for years, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
There's legitimately only one band who I've heard of who's the closest thing to an overnight success that I've heard of in recent memory. They're called Super Organism. And they were like, they literally formed like the beginning of 2007 yeah. and have had like some pretty decent radio success in that like year and a half where it's like, you guys have only been a band for like for a year, you know, and they just they've just like tapped into whatever it is they've tapped into like to get that success, but like they're not you I you probably don't know who they are, you know, like so <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so it's like there's no there's no such thing yeah. as as that, you know. So I think just um, humility <laughs> is a great is a great asset to have. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> that's the word I was looking for. Humility. <laughs> yeah, you got to definitely you have to put in the work. That's for sure. Yeah, and it's one of the toughest lessons to learn. <laughs> yeah, you just got to admit when something isn't, uh, you know, just isn't at that uh, isn't isn't where it could be. Yeah. Um, and there's and there's certain aspects, and it's like, well, let's keep working at this. And make this better. And then there's a certain time to realize, well, like, you're pushing a song that, like, you think should be a single for radio. And it's like, but maybe you're just, maybe you're, maybe you're aiming at the wrong song. Yeah. You know, or maybe you're, like, you're focusing too hard on this track that you, you're so attached to that it's like, write another song. Yeah. <laughs> no, write, just, <laughs> write another song already. Who cares? Like, let that song be what it is and write something else. Yeah. Write something better. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you very much for being on the show. Yeah, no problem. Sorry it's like your longest episode. Yeah. <laughs> not, not even. Don't worry about it. <laughs> cool. If you liked this episode of the podcast, why not leave a review? You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. For up-to-date information on the podcast, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us at Froggy Style Productions. That's Frog, the letter E, Style Productions. For more ways to support the show, visit fsproductions.ca.